Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good friend Doug McCary. SWAT Radio is part of His Light International Ministries and its mission is to equip men in sound biblical instruction for the purpose of godly living. We believe, as Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Our greatest desire at SWAT Radio is to see Christian men shepherd their families, serve the local church, and seek the welfare of their cities, all for the glory of God. And we're glad you joined us today. This is Brad Sykes again, hanging out with my good buddy, Doug McCary. And, uh, you know, Doug, it's been a busy weekend. We didn't we didn't get together last Thursday or Friday because we, we had this little hurricane come through town. A little bit of a storm uh, blew through. Uh, you know, I saw one meme of, um, I saw one meme of, uh, I think it was Charlie. Uh, it, it was Charlie, and um, uh, Ian was on top of it. I think, it, uh, and so it was like Charlie was dwarfed by it. But, yeah, uh, a lot of people um, have really had to deal with the flooding and and a lot of the stuff i don't know if you've seen some of the images down there brad but it's pretty it's pretty uh pretty bad yeah it's uh unfortunately i uh <clears throat> i was feeling like we we really skirted it here yeah. but as you look uh look down south uh our friends down in naples and that area even even through orlando uh there is there is massive devastation yeah, a lot of it. In fact, some good friends of ours, uh, uh, Tim and Joni Alexander, uh, are in Fort Myers, and they had to deal a lot with their. Uh, they had to deal with their um, uh, house getting flooded and all the stuff, uh, losing a lot. I don't know if they lost everything yet, but they lost a lot. But do you remember Tim and Joni? I mean, oh yes, yeah, yeah and, of course. Uh, they went to Israel with us, and um, just prayers go out to them. And uh, to all the other people down there, I, I just pray that the church would rise up and be, you know, uh, be the the people that God has called us to be. You know, there's a lot of good organizations out there. You know, uh, everybody tends to give to the Red Cross. And I would encourage you, if you're believers out there, really look at organizations like Samaritan's Purse. Yeah. Uh, and, and even the Billy Graham organization uh, there. Uh, the rapid response team usually goes out. I, w- I used to be a part of that, and it's it's great at going in there and helping people uh, who are in need like that. And so uh, we just our prayers go to those people, and we'll be following that story and letting people know what kind of uh, what kind of ways they can serve. You know, I'm sure there's uh, that right now. There's still people without power down there, and you know, initially there's an a, a, um, an evaluation period where people are trying to figure out the immediate mm-hmm. needs mm-hmm. and everybody has a tendency to want to just jump in. But let me warn you not just to do that mm. because 
a lot of times then you become part of a problem down there instead of part of the solution. Yeah. But yeah. organizations like Samaritan's Purse, they're very, very experienced in dealing with things like this. So um, get behind organizations like that um, and other organizations that might be going down there. And we'll have a list of those in the days to come. Uh, but uh, just right now, pray for the people down there like Tony and uh, Tim and Joni and those kind of people, that, uh, people you may know. Um, and that pray for our leaders uh, that let it won't be political. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed at some of the politics that's already gotten involved with it. And this is just really a time to care about people mm. and the devastation. Um, but, you know, Brad, when you have weak leaders and you deal with the issues that we deal with in our country, uh, it, it is no wonder. I was just reading. I got a couple of uh, texts today. Uh, one of them, the founder of the Children's Hospital of uh, Philadelphia Gender Clinic was recruiting kids at a homeless shelter for research. Now, think about this. This this is wrong. Mm. I mean, they're, they're recruiting <laughs> kids. Listen to what they say. Cross sectional mixed studies anybody who is age 16 to 24 who one was born an assigned male currently who identifies as a female uh we're recruiting um can and we want to do research on you and help you transition and so i mean this is just that's absurd you're talking about a 16 year old 17 year old and so um, I, I, I see that I see, uh, other things that are going on in our culture and, you know, with Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, putting billboards all over the country, mm-hmm. mixing the Bible mm. with, uh, and, and a, and a gross misrepresentation of scripture to try to justify what he said. Did, did you read John MacArthur's letter? I did. It was fantastic. Right, we, do you think we could read it? Would that be okay? Yeah, I think we should read uh, it. All right, I, I, it, it, it. Do you is, have it there? Yeah, I do. It is uh, a, a well-written response from the Christian community, not just to Newsom. I would say even to our president and to the leaders of Congress. And well, to, let me also just say, by the way, that, that <clears throat> I read some of the responses to that tweet. I'm not personally on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether you sent it. I can't remember. Maybe it was Taylor who sent it. And and so I was able to read it and uh, couldn't have agreed with it more. And I, But I, obviously I was kind of interested in how people responded to it. Of course, some said, why didn't he just send the letter directly to Gavin Newsom? Well, the reality is Gavin Newsom probably gets a bunch of letters. I highly doubt that he's going to read that letter. Well, but maybe because of Twitter and the platform that Twitter has, it got read. Well, I'm pretty sure it it got read. But, you know, as I read it, you know what I was reminded of? And I really believe in our generation, John MacArthur is a Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. I believe he is a prophet speaking to the government mm-hmm. leaders when he writes this. And he says, sir... Almighty God says in his word, right there, that's where the starting point is, right? Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Scripture teaches that it is the chief duty of any civic leader to reward those who do well and to punish evildoers 
quoting Romans 13, you have not only failed in that responsibility, you turn it routinely on its head, rewarding evildoers and punishing the righteous. The word of God pronounces judgment on those who call good evil and evil good, Isaiah 5. And yet many of your policies reflect this unholy, upside-down view of honor and morality. The diabolical effects of your worldview are evident in the statistics of California's epidemic of crime, homelessness, sexual perversion like homosexuality and transgenderism, and other malignant expressions of human misery that stem directly from corrupt public policy. I don't need to itemize or elaborate on the many immoral decisions you've perpetrated against God and the people of our state, which have only exacerbated the problem. Nevertheless, my goal in writing is not to contend with your politics, but instead to plead with you to hear and heed what the Word of God says to men in your position. Then he quotes Psalm, Samuel, and Proverbs. And this is what God's Word says. Let all kings bow down before him and all nations serve him. He who rules over men righteously, who rule in fear of God, is as the light of this morning when the sun rises. It is an abomination for kings to commit wicked acts, for a throne is established on righteousness. He goes on to say, In mid-September, you reveal to the entire nation how rebellious against God you are, when you sponsored billboards across America promoting the slaughter of children whom he creates in the womb, and he quotes Psalm 139 and Isaiah 45, you further compound the wickedness of that murderous campaign with a reprehensible act of gross blasphemy, quoting the very words of Jesus from Mark 12 as if you could twist his meaning and arrogate his name in favor of butchering unborn infants. You use the name and the words of Jesus to promote the credo of Molech, and he quotes Leviticus. It would be hard to imagine a greater sacrilege. Furthermore, you chose words from Jesus without admitting that in the same moment he gave the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And he says, you cannot love God as he commands while aiding in the murder of his image bearers. And I'm not going to read the whole rest of it, but he he just contends with this. He says, my plea to you, sir, is that you would, would not basically fall into the hands of the living God in an unrighteous state, that you would not go to the day of judgment apart from forgiveness and righteousness through faith in Christ. And he says, He quotes Psalm 50, Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifies me. He who orders his way, I will show salvation. And he just says, Now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day, Governor Newsom. Repent. And I I just thought it was an incredibly well-written letter that pretty much called him to task against God. And, and and as the leader of a country, listen, just just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean that you don't you can rule the land any way you want. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that the the <clears throat> he didn't elaborate on that letter. It was pretty much to the point. And I appreciate the fact that 
His his goal in doing that was that Governor Newsom would repent. Would would repent. And I mean that should be the heart of all believers. Yeah. It's it's not to necessarily fix the problem, although we do want to see that problem fixed. It's that people would come to repentance. And so uh well listen, glad you've uh, you've joined us. Uh we're gonna uh go to our first break. Our phone lines will be open during our third and fourth segment if you want to join the conversation. The phone number is 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. If you have any questions or comments, email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as we dive into our text for today. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Uh, You know, we have spent the last uh, maybe two or three weeks doing an overview of Acts chapters 1 through 16 as we have gathered back together for our fall semester at SWAT. But, Doug, in light of what we kind of covered during that first segment, I appreciate what you kind of brought out last week at the Bible study. Instead of kind of jumping into chapter 17 of Acts, Looking at uh, at what was coming our way in the Gulf of Mexico uh, was this hurricane, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time this past week and just saying, "Hey, there's a storm coming," mm-hmm. and I don't care whether it's a storm, you know, a true weather storm or it's a storm in life. Period. As we're going to look at this week, is the reminder that God is sovereign. Yes. E- even when you look at the, you know, what you just read, uh, the letter. Uh, by Dr. John MacArthur to Governor Gavin Newsom, even in the midst of all that, because that's where a lot of people begin. I mean, I think a lot of people look at a storm, a weather storm, and recognize, well, God is in control of that. Mm-hmm. But they look at the evil that goes on within a society, and they say, well, where's God? Yeah. Well, well the, the reminder is that God, and we're going to look at that this week, God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he is, and you don't have to go too far um, to um, to even look. I mean, like, think about Ukraine and Russia. Uh, Lori was telling me that they found in uh, eastern Ukraine 
uh, places where the Russians had left, where they had tortured, torture chambers, where the Russians had tortured and killed them. And le- and they found bodies there. I mean, like, th- so it, it was a, it was it was terrible. They said, mm. um, <clears throat> you know, y- you look on the news, um, you know, serial killer fears in in New York. Uh, you know, uh, six people. Like I was just going through the news articles the other day. Six witnesses sought in burning and dismemberment <clears throat> of a person, a twenty-two-year-old girl up in New York. I mean. I mean, these there's like stories like that all over our country, and so you're right. Whether it's a physical storm in the out in the the world, or whether it's it's a relational storm, whether it's a, a financial storm, which is coming. Mm-hmm. All right, I mean, mm-hmm. we know uh, you, you'd have to be naive to think that a financial storm isn't coming in light yeah. of everything's been going on, and to look at these things, you know, I just last week felt led to kind of go into these five principles um, from the Bible of what do we do in the midst of a disaster or tragedy? How mm-hmm. do we deal with it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the story that just jumps off the pages of the Bible to me, whenever we go through a storm, thinking about what you said a while ago is, I just see the disciples going, don't you care? <laughs> Jesus is asleep in the boat. Don't you care? Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm thinking of his response to them, you know, because he he was asleep in the boat, and he, he got up and he said, Shalom. Shalom doesn't mean that life is without problems. And In fact, I shared this verse today with my wife, and, and I, I sent it down to Joni and Tim Alexander from Isaiah. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And whatever you go through, if your eyes are really fixed on him, he allows you to be at a state of trust as you go through. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it's not painful, but... And the disciples, when they're in the boat, and they think about what happened, they don't you care. And we say it to God all the time. Hmm. We just may not say it like they said it. And Jesus rebuked them. He First he rebuked the wind to show them, hey, I can stop this at any time. But then he said, why are you so afraid? In other words, I'm here with you. Hmm. I think about Brad when you were a little kid, how you felt secure when your parents were around. I remember one time I got hurt really bad in a, in a wreck uh, on my bike, and I was in a lot of pain. But just the fact that my mom and dad were there with me yeah. comforted yeah. me. Yeah. And and he says, "Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith?" In other words, what does it take? <clears throat> and so as we look this week, I entitled the. The, the theme this week, as I uh, sent this to uh, James to put on our, our website, Storms, Suffering, and the Sovereignty of God. Don't you care? Because that really for us is a, is a point of, of reflection. When we go through difficult times, where's our focus? Where's, where's our fixation? Um, and Mark 4, is, it's, 
really a great text because you know what's scarier than have a storm, having hur- having Hurricane Ian go <laughs> go through your area is realizing that the God of the universe is by you in the flesh. The disciples, it <clears> says, <throat> they were terrified. Mm-hmm. They were filled with great fear when they said, who is this at the wind and the sea obey? I mean, think about that. Yeah. I mean, we... God is for us invisible. We don't see him. We don't we didn't walk when Jesus mm-hmm. walked. But could you imagine in the flesh somebody standing up in the middle of Ian and going shh and it just Yeah. Yeah. That so way, your, that, your point is that storm may scare you. But what ought to really scare you is the one who can hush that storm. Absolutely. And the yeah. fact that we have offended a holy God, you know. People people look all around. They say, God's not, I see signs, God's not mad at you. They've got websites now. Mm-hmm. And I know what they're trying to get across. Right. They're trying to get across that God just wants a relationship with you, which is true. But Paul says we are at war, at enmity with yes. God. Yeah. Until we bow our hearts, until the Spirit regenerates us and we respond with faith, we are apart from him and accursed mm-hmm. we, we are eternally mm-hmm. destined for hell until that happens uh, until until regeneration happens until that shalom is brought into our life through jesus and so god calls us as his children if we're his children if we're not there's no hope for us anyway right but if we are his children he, he calls us to remember and to trust in the fact that he's on his throne always. He's he's sovereign. He reigns over the earth. It's much easier said than believed, right? That's right. And, I mean, that's what we, you know, a lot of what we discuss, you know, off the air and then during the last, you know, few segments of this broadcast is, okay, we hear it, we know it, we say we believe it, but does my life reflect that belief mm-hmm. you know you you've said it i've said it we've talked about the fact that i'm sitting in a chair that at some point i had to literally put my faith in it yeah i can look at that chair it, even if i were an engineer i could look at that chair and go yeah i think it's designed properly I, I i could i could see how that will support me and you know what i think it'll support you doug mm-hmm but if I really believe it, then I'm going to sit in it. You're going to go over there and do it. Well, we can we can talk about the sovereignty of God, and we can uh, profess with our mouth that he is on the throne. The question is whether or not I'm going to live in such a way that it shows that I trust him. Well, and here's the thing. In his word, he deals with all. A lot of the things that we struggle with faith-wise, even the floods, even the water. Like, you thought, stop and think about it, Brad. Where did all this water in the world come from? 70% of the world is water. Where did it come from? Well, when he flooded the earth. Mm. I mean, think about that. Wow. Why did the water come? Yeah. The water came as a result of the judgment of man. Right. God said, I'm going to destroy man, except he kept a family. Mm-hmm. To restart it over again, then he rinsed, then he instituted government in, in Genesis nine, and he reinstituted 
the proper way. You, you come to God on the basis of sacrifice. You come to him on the basis of humility, and you obey him and his mercy. His mercy is a, another way. You, you come to him with the, all those things working together, but it's not us. We can't even begin to appropriate the faith apart from a gift from him. That's why even that you, the fact that you and I believe is a gift is so weird. You, it's hard to explain that. Yeah. But when you think about his sovereignty, uh, I, I want to remind people, you know, we talked about hurricanes before, but just a quick reminder, a hurricane, especially one that's, uh, let's just say the average hurricane can release the energy equivalent of 10 atomic bombs Per second. That is astounding when you stop and Mm. think about that power, Mm. right? Um, And and it can be uh, 600 miles in diameter and can reach eight miles high. Think about that. That's how massive it is, right? Mm -hmm. And it drops enough rain in a day to fill over 22 million Olympic-sized swimming pools. That's in, in, in that hurricane field right uh it says the total energy released in an average hurricane is 200 times the world's electrical supply i mean that's imagine every electrical supply outlet in the world supplying electricity 200 times that and that (laughs) is the energy released through the cloud and, and rain formation so when you think about that hurricanes are a massive a massive uh, event, right? Mm-hmm. Well, our God reigns over that. Yeah. And and when we come back, we're going to look at Psalm 29, Psalm 46, and really how His being on the throne should impact us as His children. Yeah. You kind of wonder how how those disciples were impacted when when Jesus hushed the storm. I'm sure it changed them radically. Listen, we're glad you joined us today. Uh, again, we're, we're going to uh, take a quick break. Uh, we want to hear from you when we return. The number to call is 844-777-SQUAT. Again, that's 844-777-7928. You can all, also email us with your questions and comments to ask at squatradio.com. That's ASK at squatradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. to SWAT Radio. We're glad you joined us as Doug and I are discussing the sovereignty of God. What a topic, especially in light of this past week, as many here, at least in the state of Florida, and even some of our friends up in the Carolinas and maybe even Virginia uh, area may have experienced some of the storm that we got here in Florida. Of course, we, we were fortunate that we didn't get quite what those down further south got. And again, our prayers 
to those down there who are maybe tuning in today. And, uh, you know, it's a good good reminder that God is in control. Yeah. Uh, this didn't catch God off guard. He actually ordained it. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we do ask that question, why? Yeah, we ask. And sometimes we, don't you care? Don't you sometimes care? Don't exactly. You care, you know? uh-huh. And he does. Yeah, um, you know, we um, we're looking at the this hurricane, and um, you know there there's all kinds of ways that a hurricane affects people. I was talking to um, a brother about it, and I was thinking even about when Katrina hit. I was thinking about the aftermath: people dying from carbon monoxide poisoning. Mm. You know, with generators trying to run generators people dying from electrocution, uh, and a lot of deaths happen after the storm. Like, I think, um, you know, the, you know, you get infectious and uh, diseases and stuff that come in from all the conditions, right? Everybody's in the, you know, water's everywhere. It's unsanitary in a lot of places. You have animal issues. Um, and, and so there's all kinds of things that take place. But I want to go back just to the sheer power of the hurricane. You know, um, back in 1938, there was a hurricane in uh, the East Coast that hit Providence, Rhode Island. It put Providence under 10 feet of water. And it says the waves that were generated there in that storm were so big that they shook the earth. And it registered in Alaska on the seismograph there 5,000 miles away. Now, that is power. That is powerful. And when you think about the fact that one hurricane popping through, remember Floyd, it went through and knocked down 19 million trees. Think about all the trees that were taken down. And so you. Well, and just what it takes to take a tree down. I know. That's what I'm saying. And so you think about that power, right? Uh, uh, Brad, flip over to uh, Psalm 29 and read verse 10 and 11. Yeah, actually had it open. Uh, Psalm 29, verse 10, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. He's in charge. He reigns over it. And um, for some people, we don't like that. For some people, you know, well, why did he allow that to happen? Why does he allow a three-year-old to go through a brutal uh, death at the hands of a family member or abuse? You know, uh, why does why does God allow any of these things? Because if God were to mete out justice to everyone who deserved it, none of us would walk the earth mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. None of us. Yeah, We all deserve death. We all deserve eternal banishment. It's only by a greater question is, why does God allow any of us to know him? Yeah. Why does he allow any of us to experience his presence, to experience his peace in light of the rebellion that has taken place? You know, Brad, when you think about the Bible— a lot of people think about the Bible as a help book, or I think about it. Genesis starts with creation. It starts with God creating the world and creating man. 
and he's in charge and they have he's a man's in relationship then man chooses there's a temptation i was talking to you about this before we ever started today (laughs) there's always a temptation that's thrown in because the temptation brings a test to the love relationship and man failed and so what happens it moves to another phase so now there's a sacrificial system and we go through all these different phases there's a flood and and you know then there's the law and then there's grace and you know you're teaching tomorrow on the west side by the way if you want to hear brad's teach on the west side you can go to west side bob baptist church west side baptist on Herlong road at eight o'clock he will be there they got a good breakfast there mm-hmm. um, and he's going to be teaching on revelation chapter 20 which deals with this whole idea of god reestablishing his control again mm-hmm. he binds satan yeah can you imagine brad a world where there's no pain there's no meanness there's no hatred. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way it was in the garden before. Yeah. And so there's this little bitty part of that in the Bible at the beginning. And then at the end, the last chapter, 22, is that. That's right. And from Genesis 3 all the way to Revelation 21, you know what it is? It's our sin and rebellion against the yeah. God who created us. It's, it really is, as I've heard somebody say, it's, it's the scarlet thread of redemption. I mean, it's how many times sin. have we rebelled against yeah. him? It's our sin and God's pursuit of a relationship with us. But yet, but yet we go, don't you care? Yeah. And yeah. yet he continues to pursue us. And so that that verse, what did it say? You read it, that verse 11, and I, I didn't just put verse 10 in. I put verse 11 in because he said, may the Lord give strength to his people. Yeah. May he bless his people with what? With shalom. And, you know, what did Jesus say in the storm with the disciples? You remember what he said to them back in Mark 4 when they said, don't you care? And and it says, what did he say? He said to the water, he said, shalom. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That he, he said to the water in Mark 4, he goes, uh, Shalom, be still. Now, why would he say shalom to the water? Why would he say peace to the water? He could have just said be still. Mm. Do you think maybe he was reminding his disciples that there's peace only in him, like it says over in John? That's good. I mean, like he didn't need to say that, but he said peace, be still. Yeah. And 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 he is peace. Yeah. There is no peace apart from Jesus. And so, in fact, uh, go ahead and go to Psalm forty-six, Brad, and forty-six, ten, and eleven. Um, God, as you're turning there, yeah, I, here I, it is. I, I, there, there was, you know, the, the um, God is the most powerful force in the whole universe. I don't care how big a hurricane is. I don't care how big an earthquake is. I don't care how big anything is. He is the most powerful force in the universe. And Psalm 4610, most of us memorize. If you grew up any with any kind of Bible teaching, it is mm-hmm. a verse that says, we know, be still, right? But read 4610 and 11. Yeah, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. 
I will, I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Selah. And, you know, when you hear that God is our fortress, that he is our refuge, he is our shepherd, he is our stronghold, do we run to him? It's, it's interesting to me that the disciples, when they go to Jesus, they don't wake him up and say, hey, you know what? Can you tell this to stop? They said, don't you care? Mm. <laughs> think about that yeah. for a second, Brad. <laughs> I mean, think about what they said to him. And before we are too quick to beat them up, we would have said the same thing. Yeah. No, exactly. You know, because it's it's just our nature. Well, I we, think we tend to look at circumstances instead of looking at the one who's in charge. But, of and we want peace on our terms. Yeah. You know, I think of Jesus who said, "My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Mm-hmm. Let them not be afraid." Listen, the world's not going to give us the peace that will. Uh, transcend our understanding, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, only, only God's peace can do that. Well, Was it Philippians four? Yeah. Be anxious it, for nothing, yeah, but in everything. Philippians four, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Well, what we need to remember as God's children, is that suffering, we're talking about storms, suffering, Mm -hmm. and the sovereignty Mm -hmm. of God, suffering exists because of sin. I mean, it came as a result of sin, Mm -hmm. and our world is disintegrating and deteriorating, right? Uh, We're not integrating, (laughs) we are disintegrating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. when, When Adam and Eve had the test, And they said, no, you know what? They tried to get to truth apart from God. And that never works out for you. So if you're out there and you're listening and you think you can get truth apart from God and his word, you're really barking up a wrong tree. That's not going to work out well for you. You can't come to truth apart from God and his word. He is truth. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, but in our culture, people say, you know what? There's many ways to God. Oh, I'm a Christian. There's many ways. Mm. Uh, The Buddhist, you mean God's going to condemn the Buddhist to hell? He's going to condemn the Hindu to hell? No. They condemn themselves to hell when they reject Jesus as the only way. That is what God says in his word. And when Adam and Eve disregarded God's command... It it created a symptom of sin and a, like a cancer yeah. that impacts everybody throughout time. But the beauty of it is God uses that for his purposes yes. in our life. Yeah, it is sin and it's devastating and it's painful, uh, but God is still going to use it. Well, when we come back from the break, Doug and I'll take your calls. The number to call is 844-777-7928. Again, that's 844-777-SWAT. Again, if you're unable to call, email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back for our final segment. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. For those of you who are new to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. SWAT is a teaching ministry that seeks to equip and encourage men in their daily walk with Christ. This broadcast, by the way, is made possible by the generous donation, generous donations of listeners like you and corporate sponsors who support clear and unashamed teaching and discussion of God's Word. If you are interested in learning more about SWAT Radio or one of the many SWAT Bible studies for men, go to SWATradio.com and click on the SWAT Meetings tab. We would love to have you join us in person. If you're interested in supporting or sponsoring SWAT Radio, click on the Support tab there on that same website for further information. Our phone lines are open for this last segment of the day. We would love to hear from you. Call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. We'd love to hear how you weathered the storm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and I know we're going to kind of discuss this this week, is the opportunities mm-hmm. that these storms create for mm-hmm. us, not simply to trust him, but to see how he opens doors for us to engage and equip and encourage people in the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, Brad, I want to circle back just a second to sometimes when you talk about God's sovereignty in the midst of suffering, people hear you basically saying that you know god is mad at people in the sense of he's bringing judgment into their lives and and i believe he does that as Mm -hmm. countries i think he does that when your leaders um people suffer we've seen that throughout the bible It, it is there but the heart of god is revealed in verses like Ezekiel eighteen thirty two that says, I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, mm-hmm. declares the Lord God. So turn and live. Um, you know, uh, in 33, 11, uh, he says, say to them that as I live, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked will turn from his way and live. Yeah. And you see God throughout time 
wanting people to repent. That's what was so beautiful about John MacArthur's letter. I was saying the same thing. It, he, yeah. He's saying, turn. You don't have to live. God would rather than, and Peter echoes that in Second Peter 3, 9. You know, when he says, the Lord's not slow to fulfill his promise, not wishing that anyone prepares. He's, mm-hmm. he's not talking about universalism. He's talking about the heart of God. And God wants people to repent. And he uses suffering a lot of times. Um, believe it or not, suffering tenderizes people. It takes hardened people and tenderizes them. Because when you're going through a tough time, the pride goes out of you. Yeah, no, exactly. A lot of times yeah. that, that pride just gets crushed under the weight of the circumstances you may walk through. I was telling my daughter the other day, there's two ways that God humbles us through the faithful reading and study of his word and mm-hmm. realizing mm-hmm. who we are and who yeah. he is yeah. and how we rebel or through circumstances. Well, I was thinking about the, the apostles in the boat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm sure they were humbled at that point. Not mm-hmm. only were they in fear, fear of the storm first, and then fear of God, fear of Jesus who could calm the storm, which creates humility. Doug, let me ask you this. As you look back over your life, are you grateful for the times when God humbled you? Oh, yeah. Painful, right? Yeah. It's like Peter. You remember when Jesus told Peter, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you, but when you return, strengthen your brothers. And then Peter writes yeah. to a group of Christians that are going through suffering in First Peter. And in First Peter 5.10, he says, listen, after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ, mm. he's going to restore, to confirm, strengthen, and establish you. In other words, as you walk through suffering, God is going to take that yeah. and use you to be a beacon Amen. of hope Amen. to other people. Yeah. yeah. Amen. You know, because the yeah. world without God, the world without Christ, yeah. They don't know what to do with the suffering. Mm. I was just looking. At, uh, this is the verse that came to my mind, Isaiah 46, 8. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. <laughs> Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. This is verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purposes. Mm -hmm. Boy, how often arrogantly I think I'm going to accomplish what I'm going to accomplish apart from God. What is it? It's in James where it says, hey, you you don't don't say you're (laughs) going to do this and that because you don't even know if you're going to be here. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Yeah. And, and, you know. Brad, as we finish this week, by the way, this whole week we're dealing with these principles of of um, how do we biblically walk through disaster and tragedy as believers? And, and just to lay them out, I want to give you all five of them. Mm-hmm. And then we really focused in today on the first one, God's on his throne, he's sovereign, he reigns over all the earth. But uh, the second one is the world is broken, it's bent. We're no longer in Eden and we're not in heaven. We're in between. And, and so how does that impact us? Well, there's verses that we want to look at tomorrow, and we want to talk about what that looks like to live in a broken world. I mean, 
I think sometimes we uh, we walk through this world and we try to forget that it's broken. We try to act like it's not. We try to fix it and make it not be broken, but it is. It just keeps coming back to show us how mm-hmm. broken it is, right? And uh, the third principle is God has called us to trust that he's faithful every step of the way to us. To us, his children, mm-hmm. he's always good, he's always fair, and he's always just. And and that's a great principle and reminder for us that when we go through difficult times, that we can trust in the goodness of God. Uh, the world is very different. We'll talk about that. Fourth, he calls us to trust that because he's faithful, we can put him on display or demonstrate a life of faith to those around us. And finally, a natural disaster like Hurricane Ian or a crisis in our life is a great opportunity for us. You know, a long time ago, God taught me that obstacles that I see as obstacles mm-hmm. are always opportunities for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. They always are. Yeah. Because what do people do, Brad, when they see you go through an obstacle? They're watching to see how you overcome it, yeah. how you work through it, how you walk through it. And are you more encouraged to watch somebody walk through a, a, a difficult time with grace and strength and a, and a faith that goes, wow, how do they do that? Yeah. Or yeah. the person that just moans and complains the whole time. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, think about that. Who inspires you to want to be in relationship with their God? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I appreciate you bringing that out because that that's at, at the end of the day, uh, that's what it's about. Uh, it is about God uh, being glorified, and he's glorified as we are satisfied in him. John Piper said that in his, wrote that in his book, uh, Don't Waste Your Life. He said, yeah, uh, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. And, and you know, I find myself still, all these years, wanting to find some sort of satisfaction in the things of this world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the reality is, God's going to bring circumstances into our life. James 1 tells us, consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials. They're coming. Yeah. If you haven't been through one, there's probably one on the way. Yeah. And, and there is an opportunity there to put God on display. Well, well, doesn't, this isn't us standing behind a mic going, it's going to be easy. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And, you know, as we think about the hurricane, that's just that's one type of evil, right? I mean, it it's a natural disaster, but it brings about a lot of pain and mm-hmm. suffering, a lot of fear. But, you know, when man does cruel and inhumane things like the torture chambers over in, in Ukraine or like uh, when a guy rapes um, a woman or when a guy murders somebody or, or somebody murders another person, um, you know, all those things are contained in this, that in every situation, God is sovereign. He could inject himself in every case. He could, but he doesn't. That is something that will plague us. And I promise you, there's nobody on the face of the earth can tell you why he lets one person live mm-hmm. and another person die. Until you get to heaven, those right. are the questions that right. we're not going to be able to answer. And it's not to say that he's not injected into that situation. He has not removed his hand from that situation. That, yeah, 
He's fully in control of that situation. That, yeah, yeah, he is completely controlled. What I mean by injecting is right. he intervenes. He doesn't yeah. intervene in all those, mm-hmm. but he's always in control. That is sovereignty. That is God's sovereignty. And, you know, when you think about um, his sovereignty, um, it, it is it is really – a comforting fact to know that no matter what happens, he's in control and he's good and I'm his. Mm. Now, unbelievers don't feel that peace that you and I feel, Brad. I mean, that they don't feel the shalom peace. They don't feel the peace in the midst of the... I I remember when I was in Russia and that guy took me to that warehouse, that police chief, and he asked me because I was explaining to him and my testimony about the bird strike, how I felt peace in the midst of mm-hmm. that, that if God took me, I was okay with it. And he asked me, do you feel peace now? And what he was, he was making a threat to me because he wanted to intimidate me. And I ended up sharing the gospel with him through that because I do feel at peace because when you go through it, God doesn't give you the peace that you need for next week until next week. Exactly. He doesn't give you the peace to go through a tragedy until you're in the tragedy. So it's hard to imagine what it would be like, but I can tell you, and I know you can attest too, that when you need it, he will give it if you're his child. It's there. Absolutely. And it kind of goes in line with what we were talking about last week with Paul and Silas in the prison. Singing at midnight. Yeah, are we singing? I mean, that was one of my questions when we went through that text last year was, what song is on my lips when I'm in the midst of very difficult circumstances? Well, that's a wrap for today. We're glad you tuned in. Join us again tomorrow as we continue our teaching on this topic of the sovereignty of God. Until then, continue to advance truth. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening